In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm back. Happy Monday. Let's kick off the, the week with some uh, exciting news. So a few people have asked me, hey, you've done this extension contract, you've done that extension contract. What about Sheldon Richardson? So this is probably for me going to be the sixth and final installment of the extension series. Um, so we're only looking at players that have got a contract beyond this year and looking to extend them early. So we've done Baker Mayfield, we've done Nick Chubb, we've done Wyatt Teller, we've done Denzel Ward, we've looked at Jarvis Landry's deal. Richardson, I think, is the sixth and final one that I could realistically see something happen or there's at least a debate around. I wanted to do Ronnie Harrison, but after only playing 389 snaps last year, there's just no realistic route to an extension. Um, they'll want to see, hey, what does he do? It wouldn't surprise me if they do something in the bye halfway through the season if he does well. Um, but it's probably going to be one they'll leave it all the way until the back end of next year. Let's check that health. Let's make sure he's exactly what we need because who knows? If we end up drafting someone they're playing just as well, then there's no need to pay a guy if you've got someone on a cheap rookie deal that is performing to a similar level. So firstly, hey, it might not happen. We genuinely have got no idea how this uh, front office views Sheldon Richardson. They could go, hey, we've signed JJ Watt. We're going to move on from Richardson because that, that we need that money to move it along the D-line to someone else. They could have a free agent target in mind, whether it's Dominican Sue, whether it's um, Sheldon Rankins, whether it's somebody else. They could go, hey, we actually like this guy more. Let's move on from Richardson and bring that person in. And the other option is, hey, they could just want Richardson to plow his final year, uh, maybe ask him to take a pay cut because they've got plans in the future for they want to do something else on the interior or he's not the guy they want to commit to. So there's plenty of different options here. Um, it's not like it's a Baker one where 99% chance they're going to extend him at some point. Uh, you may as well get on and do it. Um, so then the first thing to look at is, hey, what, what does the interior defensive line market look like? Um, obviously, if you listen to the podcast, by all means, jump over to dog.land or thedogland.com. Um, there's a whole article on there. All of this stuff's on there, all the six different contract pieces I've done. So you can look at that. So I'm going. Um, but to run through, um, the, the Sheldon Richardson deals a little bit different than you sort of your other guys because he's not in that the very, very best. He's not in the uh, sort of second contract that most of them other guys that we did pieces on are in that bucket. We're looking at a third contract here. So he's obviously going to be 31 at the time this deal gets done. That that changes the sort of outlook because we're not looking at, hey, he's going to get that first big deal. We're not talking about like Aaron Donald, whereas with some of the other guys that we're talking about, they're, they're competing right at the top of that market. 
So to look at guys on their third deal, um, broken down using the average per year as a percentage of the salary cap, the amount of years they get and sort of the age they signed it, focusing on those guys' third deal. So we've got, I'll just run through the list. Geno Atkins, Cameron Hayward, Malik Jackson, Calais Campbell, Lyndall Joseph, Michael Brockers, and Dominican Sue, Brandon Williams. So we've got the top two guys that are on 9.2% and 8.3. Then we've got sort of a middle two, Malik Jackson and Calais Campbell on 5.3 and 5.0. And then the guys at the bottom, Lyndall Joseph down to Brandon Williams, you've got 4.3 all the way down to 4.0. So... Um, for comparison, when Sheldon Richardson signed his current deal, he was 29 and um, he signed it at 6.4% of the uh, salary cap average per year at time of signing. When we look at this bucket, I, uh, firstly, I threw out Claire's Campbell and Ndamukong Sue just because they're 33 to 34 um, at time of signing and this one-year deals, once you get to that age, um, so if Sheldon Richardson, hey, say he played for a fourth deal, then we're getting into those two and we can talk about the one year sort of deals and where that lands him. But what I did, I took all the remaining players in that group and we looked at, looked at across a three year average before they signed the deal. So not a three year average from where they're at now. So when they signed their deal, what was their three year average before that? So I looked at number of games they played in number of snaps, number of sacks, because even though we know we're, we're smart people that sacks aren't the be-all and end-all, you're trying to chase something that's rather inconsistent. Um, PFF's done some great work on this. Sacks, they, they just fly all around the place because, quite frankly, let's take Richardson. Last three years, played nine, eight, 804 snaps on average and five of them were sacks in each of the three years. And when you're looking at that as an average, it's like, it's less than 1% of snaps. That's just not reliable data of going, oh, yeah, something someone produces less than 1% of the time. Oh, well, if I sign him, he's, he's likely to continue that. It's it's just too small. Whereas you look at something like pressures, Sheldon Richardson, 42 pressures. That's 5% of the time. We, we get into a nice sample size there where we go, hey, it's 5% of the time. We you see some sort of consistency there. And I included tackles in the chart, but I don't think it's as, as important for defensive line for what they get paid. I think you're looking sacks is the big one and pressures is sort of the follow-up. So the first thing we know is Atkins and Hayward are just on another level. Um, so they got 11 and 12 sacks respectively on their average, whereas Richardson's five. So I just, Cut those two guys out of the equation because we're not looking at them. And then also at the tail end, you're cutting out Joseph Brockers and Williams, three, three, and one. They're, they're much less than Richardson. He's better than them guys. So you're looking at Malik Jackson. So both 16 games, um, Jackson 701 snaps, Richardson 804. Uh, Jackson got seven sacks, Richardson's five. Jackson got 53 pressures to um, Richardson's 42. So it, it's a nice comp there. Ideally, what we would love when you're doing these comps, and we've done it with the other, the other contracts I've looked at, two, three players that are similar, because then you're like, hey, yeah, he's just in this range. It's what we can sort of see in comparable data. So it's not ideal, but it gives us something there to look at. So what deal has Richardson currently got? So Richardson's current deal uh, the total money this year and the cap charge is 13.166668. So um, just under 13.2 million. 
Um, you've got 1.6 recurring in signing bonus money remaining. Then you've got a base salary of 11.4 million and then 100,000 in workout bonus. So there's basically an 11.5 million option they need to make on him of do they want him back? If they cut him, that's what they'd save. They've still got to pay that 1.6 is um, as signing bonus proration. He's already got that money, but they just have to account for it on the cap, whether they cut him, trade him or anything this off season. So looking at what, if, if we were to give him a contract extension and say, Hey, he was a free agent this year. What, what would we be looking at? So I've used the Malik Jackson sort of uh, number. We've adjusted it because that deal was done in 2019. So using that 2020 cap, because I, I believe that's what teams are going to be basing deals off. We're looking at an average of 10.5 million a year. There's a range of sort of three or four year deals for these guys. Where Richardson's already got one year, I think we're looking at a three year extension here. So we're looking at 31.5 million, three year deal. And I think that's really fair for Richardson. I, I, I think that's both sides and what the value is. Um, they'll throw in some bits like workout bonuses, maybe per game roster bonus, the sort of quarter of a million. Um, and then in sort of the second and third new year, throw in like a 1.5 million roster bonus um, really early on, just because if if you're going to keep him around, he wants to know really nice and quick because what he doesn't want to do is be on a team and then you decide end of camp that you don't want the guy and then he's struggling to get a new team and the, the market's not as good because teams already spent their cap money that uh, he's left there high and dry. So he'll want that sort of roster bonus early to get protected. So breaking it down, I'm looking at three year, three new years on the deal. Obviously, we've already got the one there. We're just talking about new stuff here. Um, a 31.5 million deal, um, 11 million signing bonus, a 9.5 million option bonus in 2022, which basically is second signing bonus, um, quarter of a million in per game roster bonuses in each of the three new years, um, 100,000 workout bonus um, in the three new years. He's already got one in the current year. And then a 1.5 million roster bonus in 2023 and 2024 which is on the second day of training camp um, and then base salary for 2021 and 2022 guaranteed which isn't much it just sounds good so they can the agent can claim they got more guaranteed money um, but no we'll throw in a couple of void years just to push that money as far back as possible so if you want to sort of look at hey what does the deal look like jump over to that article it's all there um, got the table for sort of year by year breakdown, how that looks in terms of the salary cap numbers. It drops his salary cap this year from 13.16 million down to 4.88, so just under 5 million. And then next year it'd be 5.485, so just under 5.5 million. So over the first two years of the new deal, that's going to be less than he would pay on the salary cap in his one current year. So that's something that that look, that really works well for the team. It frees up a lot of money to do some different stuff. Um, obviously, it pushes a lot of dead money into the future if you want to walk away from him. Um, but he knows he's, he's, he's in a good position. And then sort of how that looks in terms of guaranteed money in cash over the first new year of the contract 
gets 11.405 million. So just shy of an 11.5 million guaranteed. He knows he's got that. And then it leaves an option for the Browns of 9.995 million in year two and 10.1 million in year three. So it, it's it's basically a one-year deal with two option years. So it keeps him here for at least the next two years. And then we can make a decision at around 10 million each of those new years, which would be uh, 2023 and 2024, of whether we want to keep him or whether we want to move on. Um, And I think that's something that would appeal to both sides. Personally, I'm probably up for moving on from him. Um, I think you can just get cheaper on the D-line and put more money into the secondary. But I wouldn't hate it if this was the deal they decided to do. It's only a one-year extension. Brings his cap numbers down for the next two years. So I certainly think this is something reasonable. Um, be asking Ian when he's back because we know he loves uh, a bit of Sheldon Richardson. Um, but no, it's it's an interesting idea. So as always, check the written stuff out at dogland.com, dog.land. Um, Twitter is at Jack Duffin, D-U-F-F-I-N. So any questions you've got, let me know. If you've got a show idea, do let me know, guys. So we're going to be doing um, breakdown of the salary cap position and free agents for each of the three other teams in our division because that's a show Mike reached out and said, hey, guys, um, I want to know a bit more about this. Let's let's do it. And I think it's a really, really good idea. So we're going to touch on them this week. Got some other things up our sleeve. But no, as always, let me know. DMs are always open, whether it's a cap question, whether it's a show suggestion. We'll get working for you guys. Loads of great feedback about the new format. I'm enjoying it a lot more. I know the other, other two guys are as well. So uh, no, we'll keep rolling with new shows, new ideas. Um, you let us know what you want us to discuss. And as always, go Brown. Go Brown.